Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Putting STEM into the classroom. Hi there, and welcome again to the STEM Everyday Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Woods. And as always, looking for ways to add some STEM to your everyday classroom. And again, we have a special feature on the STEM Everyday Podcast, and that's Marion Leary. Welcome. You're listening to Steam Rollers, a new segment of the STEM Everyday Podcast, where we will feature women who are paving the way in science, technology, engineering, art, and math, discussing their work in a way that makes it accessible to the everyday listener. I'm your host, Marion Leary. Today, I'm talking with Dr. Julie Fairman, Nightingale Professor of Nursing, Chair of the Department of Biobehavioral Health Sciences, and Director of the Barbara Bates Center for the Study of the History of Nursing at the University of Pennsylvania. Dr. Fairman is a nurse historian whose current work is focusing on the state of science in the history of nursing. Dr. Fairman, welcome. I am super excited to expose our listeners to the field of nursing science and history. Thanks, Marion. Thanks for the opportunity. So before we delve in, can you talk about your background and how you became not only a nurse, but a nurse focused on history and science? Um, well, funny, funny you should ask that question because I actually wanted to be a forest ranger. Really? <laughs> so I, um, I went to college thinking that I would do that, and I got really interested in the nursing program, and I switched, and I never looked back. So... That's how I got into nursing. But what, what was it about the nursing program that took you so much that you completely switched fields? <laughs> well, I love the science um, of it. I love taking the science courses, and uh, frankly, forest rangers really weren't getting a lot of jobs. Although I did love being outside and um, working in that environment. And how did you end up um, getting? interested in the history of nursing? Well, it was my father, really. Uh, he always was interested in history, and he and I would have discussions and re read books together. And then when I came to Penn, I worked at the University of Pennsylvania Hospital then, it was called, and I was in a, a clinical specialist in the renal transplant clinic. And I happened to go to an information session for the PhD program, and I sat next to Joan Lineau. I fully expected to do my dissertation on adolescence and insane tumor disease, but after talking with her, she told me that there wasn't any, any reason why I couldn't pursue a PhD in nursing with a history focus, and that, in fact, it would be really an important way to do things and to ask questions. So she was very convincing. So I, I was challenged, and um, as a result, my dissertation was on the development of critical care units, looking at the intersection between the way women and nurses, for example, use technology and how those units became conceptualized and operationalized. Would you be able to talk a little bit more about that? So how did nursing implement technology or has implemented technology over the years in terms of the research that you've done? Well, it all depends on how you view technology, and I studied with a social historian of technology at Penn, her name is Judy McGaw, who helped me see technology as a system of tools, skills, and knowledge to do things, and you can't really understand that unless you understand the context in which it's used. So instead of seeing the ICU as 
looking at it from the perspective of, for example, an EKG machine or an intravenous tube or whatever other kinds of machines that were in hospitals at, the, at that time, I started to see it as one big system that was developed within the context of the time period, the 1950s, to take care of a growing population of critically ill patients in hospitals. So I looked at the nurses, I looked at nursing education, physicians, physician education, economics, gender, race, class, all of those things that helped me then formulate my ideas and my and my work in terms of how ICUs developed. Well, that's really interesting. And for the, my listeners, I'm not sure if they know that, but I am a nurse. Well, one of the things I like most about nursing is its versatility and its diversity and what you can do with a nursing degree. Really, I'm fascinated by the many things that my nursing colleagues are doing around the country in history, in technology, in STEM fields. So, yes, I, I, I'm one of the reasons I really do love the field of nursing. And, you know, I just talk to people like you who are doing amazing things in nursing and in history and bringing it together and using STEM as well. Well, I mean, if you think about it, everything we do, every kind of research we do, whether in nursing, science, technology, engineering, medicine, is, in a sense, looking at change over time. And, and that's what history is. And as Joan Lionel, my mentor, always said, um, everything has a past, and that none of the ideas that we come up with for any of our research projects, no matter what approach or what discipline, is grounded in what our past experiences have been and what has happened in the past. So one could say that history informs every kind of research, STEM research, humanities research, nursing research, um, but we don't always we don't always recognize it. We don't always appreciate it, and we don't always give it its due. But everything we do, all the questions we ask, and all the data we use is really from a historical perspective. I agree. I don't think we always recognize that, and that's really good for the teachers out there and students out there who are listening to this podcast to really keep that in mind when you're doing your schoolwork and your history projects and think about how that all has come into play. Mm -hmm. Right. And history is more than a set of dates. In fact, you ask historians about dates, and we, most of us don't remember them. But we have a general idea of time. But we, what we do look at and what we do think about is how things have changed over time and how that change then has informed the present and the future. So that leads me into my next question. So I always like to give my daughter a chance to ask my guest questions. And she really wanted to know what was your favorite time in history for nursing and why? Hmm. You know, most people will say, well, it was Nightingale's time. But I, my favorite time is after World War II, when there's all this change happening, we have a lot of different movements occurring. We have the civil rights movement. We have the women's movement. We have enormous changes going on in both medicine and nursing in terms of the drugs we use, how we use them, the drugs we prescribe, how we prescribe them, and what nurses do. Nursing goes from being a very functionally oriented profession to one that begins to 
to think a little bit more critically about what they're doing. There are numerous, numerous reports about the nursing workforce during this time period which talk about how nursing has to change in order to care for the kinds of patients that are coming into hospitals. Sort of sounds like what's happening today in terms of the future of nursing report that um, came out of the Institute of Medicine in 2010. What do nurses need to know to best take care of the patients that they're seeing? And so for me, that was really, that's really the most, my favorite time period. I love, <laughs> I have to say vicariously, I love the dress, I love the book, <laughs> love the movies, the music, everything about it. It's just a great time period. And is there a particular resource that you always fall back to for that time period? So if our students or teachers were interested in learning more about that time? Hmm. There are, it's depending on, on what they want to use it for. Um, if they are thinking about using um, it for their own enrichment, there's a really interesting book that was recently published by Charissa Threet, and it's called Nursing Civil Rights, and it's about the integration of the Army Nurse Corps from both race and ethnicity to gender. That's a really good book. And there's lots of other, lots and lots of other books um, about the women's movement, civil rights. Um, you know, you just you just Google them, and they'll they'll come up. There's so much written about the time period, though. There's so much still yet to be written. So in terms of nursing today, do you think there's more of an emphasis on the science aspects of nursing than there was in the past? Hmm. That's a really good question. We seem to be channeling all our efforts into the sciences um, because that's where the funding is for us, that's where the prestige is for us and for everybody else, for all the, the STEM um, disciplines. And it's, you know, it has to do with the politics of research um, in terms of being able to be, to have the prestige, to have the legitimacy, to make changes in patient care, and to also be um, part of that group that really is able to bring the research dollars in. So we really have, we have held on to science, but it's not just now. I mean, we... Back in the, the 20s, the 1920s, we made as a profession a very conscious choice to align ourselves with medicine. And by doing that, we had to, we had to become legitimate through science. And that was a very, very important time for us. And we have really never looked back. Yeah, I mean, I think that is an important point there that nursing today has to focus on science, and that's where the evidence-based practice comes into play. Mm-hmm. Well, that's right. That's right. That's where the evidence-based does come from, but there's lots of evidence-based. For example, history is a great evidence-based in terms of thinking about how we should shape our research and how we should shape our practice. But over time, we have made very cognizant decisions in terms of what kind of evidence we will prioritize over other types of evidence. You know, for example, uh, 10 years ago, qualitative data, interviews, 
um, phenomenology really was not held in very high esteem. But in the last five to seven years, it really has gained. Um, so through time, we make decisions in terms of what kinds of evidence we will use and how it will, how it is prioritized. It's very political. Very political, but very interesting. I, you're really getting me excited about how history does play a role in everything that we do. Mm-hmm. It plays a role in everything we do. Everything we think about. There's nothing that we do that's not contextual. So in terms of STEM, do you think art has played a role in not only nursing science, but historical research? Well, art is is a piece of data. It, and again, it all depends on how you define art. Nursing has always talked about what we do as an art and a science. So an art in that sense is very different than a piece of sculpture or a painting or a, a fabric design. Can you, I'm sorry, for yeah. artists who might not know what you mean by um, art in that way, can you explain how nursing views art? Mm-hmm. So when people talk about nursing being both an art and a science, the art is the, the caring piece that is, has been an intrinsic part of, of nursing for, for decades since the inception of professional nursing, the idea of emotionally caring for somebody who cannot care for themselves. And so it's a very, um, not psychological, but it's, it's a very emotional part of that process that is a giving of self to, to others to help them regain health to the greatest extent possible. So in terms of art in the more concrete way, do you think think art has played a role in nursing science as well? In nursing science, it it is difficult to see those connections. But having said that, the idea of art influencing how we view science is very, very much part of the process. Um, if you go to the New England Journal of Medicine, they always have a wonderful photograph, and a very artistic photograph that is that is part of the issue. And it has to do with the transfer of, it's a very complicated, very complicated answer, but it has to do with the aesthetics that one views when they create or they view a piece of art in terms of how that shapes their science. Mm-hmm. So I just happened to go to a talk about Louis Pasteur, um, developer of the rabies vaccine. Um, and what the speaker was talking about was that Pasteur really helped develop his theory because a lot of his friends were artists. and. Mm-hmm. He himself was a painter, and so he used those aesthetics to think about how, in fact, um, this kind of scientific discovery might take place. So that's been that's been somewhat of a continuity. It's harder these days to pick that out, but mm-hmm. many many surgeons, for example, consider themselves artists because they're able to create this amazing. Um, fix in the surgical procedure, you know, and, and almost sculpture-like. Um, 
So in terms of nursing science, one could always say that that a patient is a canvas, for example, and that what nurses do is create help to make that canvas into something that makes sense to both the patient and to the nurse. I love that. I really do. And I, that goes back to what you were saying of, of nursing being an art and a science. Mm-hmm. So, Dr. Fairman, you know, this podcast is geared towards all students, but um, especially young girls. And I was just wondering if there's anything you'd like young girls and young boys to know about pursuing nursing science. Mm-hmm. Nursing is such a great discipline and profession right now. It's such a great place to be. It's changing. It's broadening its scope. It has more prestige and recognition than ever before. And nurses are desperately needed in many different places across the world and in our country. Nursing really has a lot to offer to anyone who is thinking about a profession that is um, that that gives you self-satisfaction and also uses all the skills you will ever you will ever gain in higher education it is just a really wonderful profession and a wonderful discipline and our nation relies upon its nurses, and it's just, it's just a great time to be a nurse right now. I want to thank you so much for talking with us. If our listeners wanted to find out more about the work you're doing at the Penn School of Nursing or any of your other interests, where could they go? Well, they could go to um, the School of Nursing's webpage, or they could just basically Google me. And um, I will come up. I'm on LinkedIn. I tweet. Um, I'm Jay Fairman. And um, I would look forward to any kind of questions they might have. Well, once again, Dr. Fairman, thank you so much for joining us today. You're quite welcome. And, Mary, if I could add one more plus for the Barbara Bates Center for the Study of the History of Nursing. That's another great place to look. We have great pictures, we have a Pinterest site, and we blog. That's great. And um, for our listeners, we will have all the links to these resources on our website under this episode. Thank you very much. You're welcome. This was fun. Thanks, Marion. You're listening to this podcast on the SDAC Broadcasting Network. To find more information about this or other podcast shows, please visit RemarkableChatter.com.